What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. The deuce. And the I'm, I'm oh, yeah. uh, been uh, apparently oil can. Oil can was the last one. Yeah, yeah. or alternately chops. I like know. chops. I, d- I think I like, yeah. I, I almost like to go with the full pork chop on that one, though. It's cool. It makes me feel like I, I have a, um, you remember that song Convoy yeah. by C.W. McCall? Yeah. I feel like I'm in. You've got a handle. Yeah, I've got a handle. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Like rubber duck. I'm warning people about the bears. Yeah. Um, but all that aside, as as much as I'm enjoying this nickname thing, and you know what? We we should ask listeners to suggest some nicknames too. Yeah, I like oil can. Yeah, I, I like, like I like oil can I like, actually. I think there's just a ring to Ben Porkchop Bolin. There's you know, I've been called that before. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I have, but only by you. Yeah, um, okay. But, that was just a couple weeks ago. But the thing, you know, I, I still don't think we're there with the nickname The Deuce because that it has the it has the in front of it, yeah. and it's hard to refer to in conversation. Yeah. Um, but let, let me uh, catch up real quick before we get into this. Okay. You remember earlier we had to uh, – we had to play a little bit of the opposite of devil's advocate and we had to give five reasons to buy a hybrid car based on an excellent article written by your friend of mine john fuller and um you know we stayed away from some of the the negative stuff but we did promise a sequel yeah and sequel is here uh we're going to do five reasons to not buy a hybrid today Mm. and this is by another writer a different writer which i find uh Kind of interesting, so that John didn't write both articles, you know, five reasons to buy and five reasons to not buy. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one's by Kristen Hall Geisler, and she's a freelance writer that uh, the writes for us often here on the Auto Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, she um, she has a, a little different take on this as far as, you know, the countdown of reasons why why not to. They don't exactly mirror John's reasons, you know, five reasons to buy. They, it's mm-hmm. not an exact, uh, you know, back and forth on, on every issue. So, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of these are in a different order, but uh, you'll see some of the same themes come back up and it's an interesting comparison because both of these you know if you pay attention to the titles both of these are just naming factors for or against buying a hybrid neither of these have something like buy a hybrid now or never buy a hybrid oh no this is just a point counterpoint just things to consider Mm -hmm. 
All right, sure. let's 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 start off small. You want to go from number five? Let's do it. All right. All right. Number five. <laughs> I, you're making a chugging motion with your hands like a train. I'm, well, or something. I'm, in, cool. I'm enjoying this. I'm cool. into it. I've got right. so much coffee in my system right now. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's start out with number five here. Higher initial cost. It is too true. Higher All initial cost. True. Now there there's several thousand dollars more than a conventional version of the same car. So um, you do pay a premium up front for a hybrid vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now you might say that uh, you know there's federal tax credits. We talked about that in the last episode sure. as well. That you know you can get these thirty four hundred dollar tax credits or up to thirty four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of those have already gone away, which I had mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and that goes away after the sixty thousand vehicle has been sold of that make and model. And that so started, just to inject, that started in uh, 2006. Correct. And the popular models have sold well past that number. Definitely, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. selling, like, I, I want to guess, in the millions at this point. Sure. So they're they're long beyond the uh, the federal tax credit for some models. I'm sure if you search around, you're going to find that some that, you know, you still can get that $3,400 back, mm-hmm. but, um, or maybe, you know, slightly less on, a, on that sliding scale that I mentioned. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're going just for the the uh, federal tax credit or trying to just buy a cheap car to begin with, cheap new car, um, hybrid might not be the way to go because you do pay that premium up front. Yep. So all right, that's uh, that's number five. And that that you know I don't know where the rest of these are going because that's a pretty big deal to me. <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, the next one kind of ties into that exactly. Uh, recouping that cost. So recouping the extra cost because a lot of people when they buy a hybrid they say. Well, I'll make it up at the fuel pump, right? Yeah. Right away, next week, I am going to make $3,000, even if I didn't spend that much in gas to begin with. I'm sorry. Uh, very nice. I was going to let you go as long as you wanted no, to. No, I think we've done enough do the, damage here. The, the rest of the episode like that. <laughs> because I'm not that guy. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's the coffee speaking. That is the coffee press. All right. Uh, so the, the people say they're going to make it up the pump, at the pump. Sure. Not likely. Well, possible. It's possible. But it does take several years, in many cases, just to break even. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that, that's including normal maintenance and everything else mm-hmm. that goes along with owning a car, insurance and everything, the payments. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make it up strictly in fuel cost, which a lot of people have this idea that they're going to make it up sure. maybe even in the same year, that's not the case. And, and fuel prices would have to be ridiculously high in order to make it up because when fuel prices increase – the the amount of time it takes to make the money back does come down but um like right now you know a lot of people let's say back in summer of 2008 Mm. fuel prices were up above four dollars a gallon in a lot of places um then it was a lot easier to figure that you know hey i'll I'll make a lot of money if i buy a hybrid and i get two times the average of what i'm getting now in my car um you know the, the the savings add up quickly in that case now that prices have adjusted back down to i mean i'm I don't know what I'm going to say. You're probably two fifty a gallon, two sixty a gallon. Sure. Um, it, you can see where it would take an awful lot longer to make up that difference in uh, when you're talking thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. um, just saving whatever that amount would be. Um, I don't have all the numbers in front of me because I didn't figure out a whole. Uh, you know. I mean, the concept is the important part here, and I completely agree. Mm-hmm. You know, one one interesting argument somebody could make as a counterpoint uh, would be to say that perhaps uh, we have. Um, you know, a Yankee bias here, an American bias, because there it, it is cheaper to buy gas here than it is in some other countries. And so maybe in other countries, we can see that that relationship between gas prices and recoup investment 
uh, more clearly, yeah. you know, maybe in a place that has heavy taxation, yeah, but I, not, I not necessarily here. I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to read a few numbers to you here. Not, not many, just a few. Um, but there's a couple of examples that come right from the article. Okay. And um, they, they show the difference between uh, the, the standard vehicle, the standard gasoline-powered vehicle, mm-hmm. and then the, the hybrid version of the same vehicle, same year, same make model. So the first one I'll read to you is the Chevy, 2009 Chevy Malibu. Um, and the Malibu Hybrid, there's a price difference of $2,100. Actually, more than that, just a little bit. Um, Between the Honda Civic sedan and the Honda Civic Hybrid, there's a $6,100 difference. Wow. And if you go to the Toyota Camry, there's about a $7,000 difference. $7,000? 2010 Toyota Camry. If you buy the hybrid version, there's a $7,000 difference. And if you go up to the Ford Escape, uh, the hybrid Escape is $11,000 more than the... Standard hybrid escape, eleven thousand dollars. Eleven thousand dollars. You could buy a regular, a regular version of that model mm-hmm. and another car. I will. Uh, I'll give you an even more extreme example. Oh, lay it on me. Uh, this is the one. Uh, Lexus. Lexus makes a hybrid. You know, Lexus, right. the luxury mm-hmm. make model. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an L- LS six hundred H hybrid, which costs more than one hundred thousand dollars. That's the sticker price. So this is a uh, a big time. You know, big yeah. luxury vehicle. A big V8 power, really cool car. Um, with gas prices relatively low, it would take 102.6 years uh, to make up the difference in just fuel savings alone wow. on that vehicle. So if you think you're going to own that Lexus for 102.6 years, then uh-huh. maybe you'll break even at that point. That's uh, that's a good idea. But, um, again, 102.6 years. Now, that's the difference between buying this hybrid vehicle, the 600H hybrid, and mm. an LS600H, um, I'm sorry, an LS460L, which apparently is comparable in that, in that arena. So, um, you know, if the, prices, if the pi- mm. prices fall, that time gets even longer. If the prices go up, it becomes less, but you're still talking about, you know, right now about a ballpark 102 years. That's absolutely, I mean, that's absolutely nuts. And you know what? <laughs> I would say that not to be too much of a party pooper, but I would I'll see you on gas savings, mm-hmm. and I will raise you uh, maintenance cost to keep because cars can become more and more expensive mm. to to run um, for that. Not even that long, you know. Oh, can you imagine? That's keep, a very good point. Keeping a car, how how much is it going to cost you to keep that Lexus running to the point where you can save gas money? Yeah. For even fifty years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know? yeah. the car. I mean, look at a car that's fifty years old, years old right now. That car is used in parades mm-hmm. and uh, in special events. And you take it out and you take it to the shop to be fixed, and then bring it back to your garage and polish it again, right? Yeah, right so, exactly. so that's not really a daily driver. It's not something that you continually mm-hmm. gain on, like you know, like we're talking about. So you know, these cars where it takes even even let's say I think we had examples in our earlier podcast, I believe, where the, the example was like twenty years. Yes, and uh, that wasn't terribly uncommon i mean I, I don't know what the dollar amount was i just forget but right. um if it takes 20 years for a car to become like i, I guess equal or in the black yeah um man you've got to you've got to be right on top of maintenance to keep it running as if it were the day that it was new or, or mm-hmm. the comparable version with a gasoline engine so i don't know it's it's kind of a it's, give and take on this one it's a tough calculation but also to be fair clearly when somebody, most people who are purchasing a hybrid um, are motivated by other factors, uh, the, the financial factor, 
is oftentimes seen as icing on the cake, mm -hmm. icing exactly. on the cake of, of uh, environmental concerns, right? Very good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice sum up there. Or summary, summary, summation, summation, some. Oh, you know what? Something. All three of them. <laughs> My something. Some yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. Let's move. Let's move on. We've been talking about money long enough. Yeah. Clean diesel gets great gas mileage. So that's a reason. That's uh, you can you can buy a clean diesel vehicle and it will get comparable gas mileage to a hybrid vehicle right now. Now we haven't talked too too much about clean diesel, so just real no, quick. That's uh, it's kind of a European style of, of diesel car and truck. Um, I guess European only because they use a lot of diesel products over there. Sure. Um, so you know the fuel saving diesel fuel. Um, operated engines are a lot more efficient than um a lot of hybrids these days and i can i can give you a couple of examples right out of the article again yeah um if you're looking at highway now now they may not do quite as well in the city as hybrids do but there's a reason behind that too um on the highway though the volkswagen jetta tdi diesel and the bmw 335d diesel each get uh 41 and 36 on the highway respectively so 41 miles per gallon for the Volkswagen Jetta, 36 miles per gallon for the BMW, and that is behind, actually that's above all but two of the hybrids that are out there right now, which are uh, the Prius and the Insight. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start commenting as though you're starting a fight with hybrids. Ready? <laughs> okay, go. Ooh. Yeah. Well, no, no, <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the, the diesel vehicles i guess i uh, get fantastic highway mileage they get they get reasonable city mileage uh, mileage those two vehicles get 30 and 23 uh city mileage as well so that's um it's not bad mm -hmm. but the reason that the hybrid vehicles get better better city mileage is because of that electric motor now these diesel vehicles that we're talking about you know th there are diesel hybrid vehicles which are just really efficient but um we're talking about a standard clean diesel engine here mm -hmm. um those vehicles get great fuel mileage because um um the i'm sorry i'm talking about the the hybrids the the okay, hybrids the get diesel hybrids the, well just the, just the hybrids in general oh, okay. they get fantastic city mileage because of the electric motor and oftentimes they're running without even operating the the gasoline oh, yeah, because motor. it's below that threshold yeah. speed right yeah that's right so they're they're operating at low speed and a lot of times the gasoline engine doesn't even kick in or, or whatever right um so you know or or it's being assisted by the electric motor and in that case you know it's even more efficient or well a little bit more efficient but but um, still diesel is uh is you know i think here in the states a lot of people have an image of diesel as uh sort of a dirtier fuel mm, not so not so. Not so. In not fact, so, my friend. in a lot of a lot of cases, they are um, they're cleaner. In a lot of cases, and that's because they have particulate filters that that uh, it's like an extra filtration system that that actually burns off its its residue. Um, that's another show. But um, have we already done that? Maybe we have. We've yeah. done octane. Might have touched on that. We've touched on it. Yeah, there's. Uh, we'll have to do something about diesel fuel pretty soon. Um, but they are, you know, they do have that image of being dirty and smelly and and noisy. Mm -hmm. Not the case anymore. That is incorrect. Yep, incorrect. So, um, you know, check out the EPA numbers on those, and you'll find out some surprising things. Oh, this is good so far, man. I now that we're a little past the midway on this, I am more persuaded by this than i was <laughs> by reasons to buy oh are you really am i Why? swaying you back and forth on this did you really yeah well yeah or because were you always kind of leaning towards maybe not i was you know originally before we really started investigating hybrids i i will be honest with you i wanted one i thought it was a great idea 
I was one of those people that I made a funny voice about earlier. You, you can't say those people. I can't. I can't. You're right. I shouldn't, but I did. You mean hybrid owners? Uh, no. I, you know what, though? I think a lot of people, again, who are buying hybrids are not worried about what I was thinking. I wanted a hybrid for the wrong reasons. Oh, I see. So uh, with with utmost support and you know continual respect for people mm-hmm. who do plan to buy hybrids, I'm, I've... I don't know. Maybe number two, maybe number one will change my mind. Maybe it'll get me back on the hybrid team. But let's see. Number two. Back on the hybrid team? I'm telling you reasons not to. I know. I know. I know. But that's our that's our thing. That's our chimistry <laughs> is that, you know, I'll just run out and disagree right, with you impulsively. All right. Just uh, whatever I say, you're just going to say no. All right. Fuel economy <laughs> depends on driving style. That's number two. Fuel economy depends on driving style. So let's say they get a hybrid. Okay. And it gets good city mileage, better than, you know, better than it does on the highway. Sure. However, you got a heavy foot. You, you got, got a lead, lead foot. foot. Yep. And uh, you're continually using the, the uh, not using the electric motor, but you're using the gasoline motor to start, you know, the jackrabbit starts from, from the light, et cetera. Yeah. You're using a smaller engine to try to go faster. It's not going to work anyways, but um, you're going to end up burning through more fuel than you would have. If you had done, you know, of course, a slow starter, or if you'd had a, a standard vehicle with a, a standard gasoline-powered engine, mm-hmm. um, and just taking it easy on the on the fuel, um, that's kind of the gist of that. Is that you know your your driving style? That's and a really good point. Also, you got to remember that you know the, the city driving it's critical for hybrid owner for hybrid owners uh, and their mileage numbers i guess they have mm-hmm. to they have to be able to to have that element of it otherwise if they're doing all highway driving they're not going to see the return that they thought they were on this they're not going to get the mileage that they thought That's a good um, point. it's it's less on the highway in many cases i there may be one out there now that i, I don't really know i have to I have to look into it and find sure. out what the the latest epa numbers are but um, really Hybrids are fantastic around the city. On the highway, to to a point, they're not as good. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, it really does depend. Mm-hmm. Somebody cannot jump out of uh, you know jump out of a Mustang and then jump into a smaller model hybrid and expect to drive the same way. With Correct. The same results. Yeah. Yeah. And the the other thing is that, and I don't mean to say that you know they're bad on the highway. I don't mean that at all. Right. But but my point is that. You can get a vehicle, a comparable vehicle, if you're looking for so, you know, a small, efficient vehicle that gets reasonable city mileage and fantastic mm-hmm. highway mileage. Um, you can get a Smart for Two. That's mm-hmm. the example that was used in the article, I believe. And the Smart for Two, the ga- now this is just gasoline-powered car. It's not a hybrid. It gets 41 miles per gallon on the highway. And that's you know the EPA number, so you can probably get more if you, you know, were to stretch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's better than all but the top two of the hybrids, again, the... the uh, and the insight so yeah um reasonable and that's that's just a you know a standard engine vehicle with uh you know gasoline power two-seater of course right smart for that's two, a, but um that's a disadvantage but again i mean you're, you're not talking about paying that premium up front for um you know the hybrid technology how oh, you feeling i'm feeling uh i'm gonna withhold judgment <laughs> take me take me to the top of the mountain the here. The last man. one. And yeah. this this one may hit you because um you drive that big plush Monte Carlo, don't you? I do, I do, and I enjoy it and uh they will take the keys from uh my cold dead hands or from the hands <laughs> that are not okay. holding a set of hybrid keys. So I understand. All right. Well uh, maybe this will change your mind then. All right. Fewer creature comforts. 
So uh, you buy a hybrid, uh -huh. you're not sitting in the lap of luxury like uh, you would be in your Monte Carlo. It is a comfortable car. I bet it is. You know, it's basically a lazy boy on wheels. <laughs> that's very nice. That's a good way to. It's a good way to look at it. Like uh, you're driving a big couch down the road, right? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So wait, go back over this though. Uh, you, you're talking about now. I don't have a super nice car. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have. Uh, I don't have heated leather seats. I don't have. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't. I don't have preset adjustments for oh, okay. the drivers and stuff. But that probably doesn't happen. Well, that's yeah. not that's not happening in a hybrid car either. So maybe you're, you're equal match here. But um, when you pay, remember we said that there's a premium you pay for hybrid vehicles. Yes. So you think that you'd have a loaded vehicle if you're paying you know seven thousand dollars or eleven thousand dollars more for this vehicle. Not the case because you're paying for the technology. You're purely paying for the the technology for the nuts and bolts of it. You're paying for uh, the development of the technology, and you're paying for uh, right. so you're. They're making up the cost that it, you know, that cost the uh, the corporation to to build that vehicle. I see. You're making that up vehicle by vehicle when you purchase it. You're making up R and D basically. Yeah, exactly. And um, so you're paying for the technology. You're not paying for the extra luxuries. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that you can't get things like that in the in the hybrid vehicles, but you're going to pay additional for those on top of that premium that you already pay. So you can get you know the uh, leather steering wheel, and you can also get the leather seats, and you can get the I don't know, heated and cooled seats, whatever you want. Um, but it's going to cost you a lot more. I think that's a very, very uh, sad thing to hear. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, Go ahead. No. Oh, sorry. no, I, I was just going to say that they're, they, they also have um, they, they also feel different. So, you know, you've got that big solid feel probably in your car. I bet it's a pretty sturdy road car, right? Yeah, you can, you can hear it when it, you can hear it per, and then it also has – you know, it, it can take a bump pretty well. Mm -hmm. It has that, uh, remember when we were talking about luxury cars, how there's a certain silence that comes on when you close the door? Yes. That, I'm happy to say that car has that. Oh, very good. Very good. Might not be the case in a hybrid. Man. Um, because it's uh, it's all about the efficiency and all about the technology that's involved in it right now. Mm -hmm. um, now there's, you know, examples of, you know, like the Lexus that we're talking about. Of course, it's going to be silent inside. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be whisper quiet, I guess. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other cars that are similar, you know, that, that are uh, you know, a little bit on, more on the quiet side. But for the most part, they're going to have a different feel on the road. And that's because uh, they often have smaller tires, which are harder tires as well because of those... Um, uh, the low rolling resist resistance oh, tires, right, right. and that's uh, that's for you know additional mileage. Everything's yeah. about efficiency, so they're they're a harder compound than uh, some of the softer tires that you'll find on sports cars or um, sedans, even. Sure. Um, there's also idle stop technology, which may take depends on the system, the car that you have, but uh, that may take a little getting used to because there are times when that can feel. And I don't have the experience with this, but they feel like the car's turned off. Yeah, it's like it can be. Yeah. It, you can feel it turn on and off, and and if that's something that's upsetting to you, you know that may be something that takes time to adjust to. Um, other ones are smoother, but yeah. I, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. Mm -hmm. So I think I mentioned earlier that my mom um, purchased a hybrid. Uh, my mom did my mom and dad did mm -hmm. and uh it's been sort of my mom's vehicle it's her daily ride you know yeah and that is one of the things that that freaked her out the most for three to four days every time she went to a stop light or a stop sign she kind of thought that the engine was dead oh yeah yeah even though the dealer warned her well all the old cars that I've had, I, if you pull up to a light and you don't hear anything, there's something wrong. So that's probably <laughs> what she's thinking about is that, you know, the, those older vehicles where, yeah. you know, you stop and suddenly the engine stops, you're in trouble. 
I have a point that is not on this list that I think should be on this list. Okay. And then, um, and then I have a little question for you. But first, let's go into this because I really want your opinion on this. The one, uh, the one aspect of hybrid technology currently that really, because um, because all of this, I've been slightly facetious. These five points are good points, but there are counter arguments, and we've examined some of those earlier in the sep- in, in the earlier episode. But to me, the big deal here is that if, as we said, people are buying hybrid vehicles because they are concerned about the environment more so than they are about saving money, um, we've kind of implicitly accepted that in our argument, then one thing that's escaping us is that hybrid vehicles make up for their use, uh, make up for their um, efficiency with gas uh, by using electricity and in the United States, like we talked about this off air, mm-hmm. our electric plants are coal powered. Yeah. So if you think about it, they we're these cars are in some ways uh, coal and gas powered cars. Sure, coal powered cars. Yeah. Do you think I'm going too far? With no, that? no, I agree. I mean, that's a, that's a debate that's ongoing right now. Is that how much electricity is this going to take to operate this? Now, there's there's ways to make clean electricity. Right. Um, there's, there's hydropower. There's also uh, nuclear power. Sure. Um, solar power. Solar power. Yeah, you can do solar power. That's less. And, and there's wind power. I mean, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of ways to make electricity. Um, but. Um, yeah, for the most part, a lot of the, uh, at least here in the United States, a lot of, and I forget the percentage, but there's a real high percentage of the elect, uh, the factories where the electricity comes from, the uh, the plants, uh, that are coal-fired. And, you know, why do you think you see all those trains with just car after car after car of <laughs> right. coal coming out of, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee and, you know, those areas? Um, it's, it's still vital for, you know, everything to operate, everything mm-hmm. to work. Um, so, yeah, in a way, I guess, <laughs> I guess these, these cars are, coal and gasoline powered really if you want to get right back down to it well because of i guess the origin of it and and you know i freely admit that in places where the coal is not the the element powering the plants Mm -hmm. as as you've mentioned alternative energy makes it a completely different argument yeah it's highly efficient in that case yeah in that case i've got one question for you before we close this out okay all right I know that you don't think hybrids are going to save the world, Scott. Let's just be upfront about that. Yeah. What would it take for you to buy a hybrid vehicle? You know, I think that it would take uh, the performance aspect to come back in. We talked about that, I think, in the last one, last yes. episode. Yeah. Uh, that Honda, what I call it, a CRZ. CRZ, yeah. Um, something like that. And I think once, once uh, that vehicle arrives, Hopefully there'll be more that are like that. You know, there'll be some competition, and and it'll just start to go up from there. You know, the the horsepower will go up, the uh, zero to sixty times will go up. The the mm-hmm. materials that they use will uh, be lighter and faster. And um, I don't know. I just I just think there's going to be something good about competition in that arena, in that performance arena. And hopefully, you know, hybrid vehicles will become, you know, not only more efficient at the same at the same time, they'll also be better performers. You know, in the all electric vehicle uh, field. That works pretty well for Tesla. Yeah, those 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 are unbelievably quick cars. Greased lightning. Yeah, they are, but they're they're all electric, and that's that's the point is that you know they're all electric, so they use just electric motors, and they're very uh, they've got a lot of torque. Yeah, a very torquey motor, and it's instantly available. Now with a hybrid car, you know you've got a small electric motor and a small Mm. gas motor, so that's the the problem is that trade off. Now if you know you make a bigger gasoline motor then what's the point of having a hybrid motor at all Um, and if you make it a bigger electric motor what's the point of having the gasoline part of that unless it's just to charge the 
the battery for the electric motor. So um, in a way that would make sense, but you know, then again, you're carrying around the extra weight of, let's say, a you know, half liter gasoline powered engine. So right. there's a lot of trade-offs, but the electric, all electric thing, those cars are pretty quick. So for you, it would have to be performance. I think so. Yeah. What about you? What's the uh, what, what would be the uh, the turning point for you? What would make you want to buy a, a hybrid car? Really, we already live in the city. So for me, if the price was comparable from the from the offset, if the price was com- comparable, excuse me there, <laughs> no, I, got uh, it. I I think that would that would make me um, consider buying a hybrid. But the problem is, you know, given the upfront cost given the time it takes to recoup that cost and uh given the again i think i mentioned this in an earlier episode uh the fact that it is new technology it's new technology that is quickly evolving so it has a good point in that we know that it will improve but also has uh, a negative point in that we know you know it's it's going to be okay you know how when you buy a computer you can pretty much bet that two and a half years from now that computer is going to be considered old yeah two and a half months yeah exactly and and i think that in hybrid technology we're getting into that sort of cycle yeah so that's if i knew that i could get something that would be solid would be around a long time and would cost about the same as a internal combustion well the uh the insight is getting close to that with that 198 intro price yeah, but, yeah, that's but true. Uh, you're getting the bare bones model there, <sighs> and uh, there's yeah. not much, not much frill to that one at all. There's not much there. Um, you have to upgrade from that point, which would you know increases the cost, of course. Um, but I, I mean, one other quick thing that I'll yeah. mention is the styling. Um, I know why they're styled the way they are. They have to be aerodynamic. Every, everything about them is about efficiency. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I just can't get over the current design because to me. And I know a lot of people argue with this, but they all look the same um, mm. for the most part. Um, That's true. It's, it's tough to differentiate them on the road. I mean, other than there's some that, you know, the, the Camry looks just like the regular Camry, I guess. That's different. But uh, the Insight and the, the Prius, they have a very similar look to me. And I can't tell the difference between the generations of those. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really tough. But once they get to the point where, you know, the style becomes a little more important, um, it can still be aerodynamic. But um, I don't know. I just... I'm just not crazy about the look of them right now. Well, what if they named a model after you? What if they came out with a hybrid <laughs> called the GM Scott Benjamin? Uh, I don't even. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know where to go with that. That's uh, that's crazy. I know where to go. How about listener mail? Sounds good. All right, so uh, Scott, we have a listener mail here from Tim, and uh, Tim is kind of a globetrotter, and he's writing about the uh, survival kit thing we did earlier. Wait, wait, he's a globetrotter. I would call them a globe. Charter. Awesome! I saw those guys in the 1970s. Oh. They were the, they were really really cool. I remember Relic, Lemon, Curly, those guys. Is that what you're talking about? Red, white, and blue basketball. You know what? I am not going to say it's impossible because although we do not talk about the globe charters of basketball, perhaps is my error. I I meant to shout out Tim for the fact that he has lived in Michigan, Italy, Luxembourg, and Phoenix. I'm assuming Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, that's way different. Uh, you know what, though? I, uh, don't give him a hard time. No, no, that's good. I'm still He's, good. I was just excited that we had a Globetrotter right now. I know. Maybe one maybe one day. Um, but right now, I, I think Tim, Tim's got a pretty excellent letter. He actually uh, very politely um, pointed out that uh, we might have had our wires crossed when we were talking about um, cold or hot weather in a survival situation. Because hmm. we talked about the... Um, 
and that poor unfortunate family up there in the uh, northwest and then we talked about you know having the, the candle trick if you're in cold weather and stuff yes. and so uh, Tim points out that he has been stranded at least a day for at least a day in all the places he've, he's lived and uh, in Italy and Luxembourg he was able to walk somewhere over a couple nights during the winter he had warm clothes he was able to drink snow and uh, he he made it out. Uh, he even do, 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 do. he he even uh, spent four days trying to find a road one time. Four days. Uh huh. And wow. uh, but by contrast, he says when he was living in Phoenix and it must be Arizona, uh, he was stranded in the desert outside Yuma for two days in August, and the temperature could even hit 115 plus. And he had clothes, extra gas, two liters of water, and he still had to go to the hospital for sun poisoning and dehydration. Oh my gosh! So here's a guy that's—he's really prepared. He's totally prepared. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's and, got a good kit. And he's saying that heat is worse than cold, mm -hmm. which kind of counteracts what we said. We we figured we were just surmising, I guess, that yeah. uh, that that cold weather would be better to be stranded in than hot weather. Is that right? Oh yeah. no, we said we said uh, hot weather. Hot, we said hot weather would be better. Yeah, we said be hot weather. And he but, says cold. Well, I think one of the things we were we were assuming um, we were assuming the shade, but he makes a really good point there about uh, about the dehydration, and he also talks about um, how the heat there is just vicious, man. Apparently, a kid dropped dead during football practice because of exposure. Oh man! So to our to our listeners out there um, who are in the very hot environments. Um, of the U.S. and other places, again, please exercise caution. Yeah, be ready. Yeah, and uh, thank you to Tim for writing in. Yeah, no kidding. It's, uh, it's eye-opening. I didn't know that yeah. it was that, uh, it seems like it's that much more dangerous than cold weather, but I guess both of them have their own uh, their own perils. Yeah, there's, you know, there's always that saying people people have, you know, in the South versus the, the desert here in the States about, um, you know, it's a different kind of heat or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but it's still heat. No, it's hot. I don't, yeah. I don't care if it's humid or not humid, but, uh, man, it's hot. It's just like opening an oven. That's, yeah. It really yeah. is. Um, I guess that, that wraps us up here for today. Again, uh, thanks, Tim, and to our listeners. Uh, thanks for uh, lending us an ear. If you guys have any questions or any suggestions for another topic, please send us an email at highspeedstuff@howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.